I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. This is My Alchemical Bromance. Tonight we have the third part of a series where I've been interviewing Nathan Lee, otherwise known as a cult fan, as he goes through the three degrees of Freemasonry. He recently got his Master Mason degree, and we talk about that. We talk about a bunch of other weird stuff. Um, this, I want to apologize since we are about a week late on this. It wasn't his fault at all. It was all my fault. I had difficulties scheduling and setting aside time to do podcast editing, but the wait is worth it. This is a really good episode. Nathan and I get into some really fascinating topics, and I think that over the course of the three episodes that we've recorded together, we really started to click here. I really enjoyed this one. I hope that I get that uh, we get him back on the show again. I think he'd have a bunch of fun talking to the other hosts, and I think you're going to love this. So go grab a beer, sit back, relax, listen to the podcast. Enjoy. All right, so, so shadow people, right? Like, let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's let's discuss a little bit. So, so my experience with shadow people, um, like I've never actually seen one or uh, heard one. I've just um, you know heard about them a little bit or read about them a little bit, and then, like I said, a friend of mine mentioned one this morning. But um, it sounds like you have possibly done a little bit more research, had a little bit more exposure to them. So what do you know about them? Like, what what do you think they are? Off the tip of my tongue, I want to say interdimensionals. Yeah. Um, I think that now I just a, a thought comes to mind, whatever mm-hmm. thoughts are that, you know, right? Thoughts have us. Yeah. Um, it like, you know, maybe it's a shard of uh, some other incarnate being. Yeah. Uh, that got broken off. Not like not unlike a tulpa, but maybe something that's more like desperate and so, lost. And do people? Oh, go ahead. Do people usually experience shadow people uh, during sleep paralysis? So, um, just just to finish, uh, like it could, like I said, it could be an interdimensional of like the other world showing itself, and I'll explain my brief um exposure to these quote-unquote creatures um because i think a skinwalker would be more like a creature these are more like ethereal entities right okay um maybe maybe and so i mean like i i would have i used to call them dashers Uh uh-huh because they would often appear kind of like first at the corner of the vision and then you could see that something manifestly looking like a human form it's not entirely like a shadow. It looked like as if it was wearing an invisibility suit that you might see, right? Sort like, of like the light was bent. Like Predator. It like Predator, uh-huh. but more human, human-like. But then at the same time, they could also have like um, a smoky filling in, depending on how intently you're looking at it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would I would see them often run forward very quickly, like either at you or right by you, mm-hmm. and that that was always like outside i've never i've never seen them in a house like a poltergeist or anything like that but i i've experienced enough to know that one these are real phenomena two it will freak the living heck out of anyone who's not ready or to um approach that topic or they'll dismiss it outright because they just don't have the wherewithal to comprehend hmm 
And you, so you experienced them, or you saw them when you were fully awake? I was, uh, more when I was a youth, um, uh-huh. I would say very sparingly after uh, the ages of 14 to 19, very mm-hmm. sparingly. But um, that could be any cause of anything. I, I have had, um, we're just being, because, you know, there's no time to waste, I guess. And we're going to get into some of this more aramonic talk later, right? Haramazda mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> But yeah, um, as far as forces go, I've also been like, have I mentioned this? Stop me if I've stop me if I've told you this one. I was actually um, picked up and thrown about my bedroom by a poltergeist at one point. No, um, when no I was, you never mentioned that. When I was, and now this one wasn't outside. I was more in a liminal hypnagogic state, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to hypnopompic, which is when you're waking up, I believe. Mm-hmm. Note the pomp Mercury, sure. Um, and the thing was just, it picked me up. It kind of wrangled my neck and threw me against my bedroom wall and dropped me down. Like I was up and then down mm-hmm. and, um, geez, you know, I, that was the only time that's really happened besides you know, of that degree. Right. But, right. you know, other than that, once in a while, a hag attack or a kind of succubus or something, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta be big on protection. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so uh yeah, so then communicating with these shadow people. But like all right, hold on. Let me rewind. So uh so you you ex- you experienced them or saw them when you were awake, but um yes. Is are are they common? Do other people seem to experience them during sleep paralysis? I guess that was the question that I was having. Right, that was the one that was yeah. So um yeah, I'd say that would be a perfect place to see something like that in a way because it's combining the liminality of what I was experiencing externally mm-hmm. with that place of natural hypnagogic or hypnopompic states, which is in that dream liminal state, which is technically going to another universe, uh, if you will. It's uh, it's literally the uh, another dimension. Um, but anyways, I, I'm not sure if it's internal or what because mm-hmm. uh, there's going in and going without so i'm not quite sure which one sleep is at this time has um, anybody ever do you know of any um like solid attempts to contact them and 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 huh. communicate with them so most most of the contact events that i've heard of like for example we tried to contact berto mm-hmm. um a treasure spirit mm-hmm. um i did not succeed in that but i to be fair didn't you know it wasn't a great setup but no, I mean, like, I've never heard of someone trying to contact something that would otherwise just appear out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? They're usually trying to contact something that won't appear out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Well, <laughs> they sound like a really interesting phenomena. I, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, pay a little bit more attention to them and maybe look them up a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think that's a good thing to do going forward, especially... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, like I mentioned uh, right before they interviewed uh, Jason Louv, brother, I should say for us, brother Jason Louv, mm-hmm. um, on the Enochian Angel Magic stuff, um, they did uh, they did a three part or a three person interview, mm-hmm. uh, which is I just posted and I can't remember the guy's names is guys's names is his, but um, it was pretty darn good so far and they brought up shadow people so I'm br- I'm bringing that up to kind of you know throw some throw some love towards them and cool. to you, see that which, which podcast was that on is that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I believe it's where did the road go, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, to throw some love that way, but to say that like, look, this is actually a contemporary, just like the the unfortunate quote unquote suicides, which we can definitely contemporaneously touch on. It seems like there's a um, 
uh, something in the zeitgeist going on with uh, with those topics, with the shadow people topic. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Uh, all right, so you uh, got your Master Mason degree, your third degree. I am a third degree. I uh, it's been got what, that on April 9th. April 9th, so it's been um, two months, about two months. Yes, yes, quite. And what did you think? Well... <laughs> It's re- it really seals the deal. It does. Um, <laughs> it was gr- yeah, it was great. I really I had a great time. Um, I I'm, I won't say like you know I mean short form and everything for for the first few and then long form. I think I can say, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so that was interesting off the bat to get the whole how you say the whole third degree right 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 <laughs> to get to get the whole thing um and after that actually i've actually um been i between five or six other maybe four or five or six other raisings in the past two months oh so like, you've gone and separate seen it too yes mm-hmm. like and i've participated i was jd mm-hmm. um at the lodge <laughs> with two days practice nice <laughs> yeah man they just were like here here kid go do this i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah, I've heard. So one of the things that um, that I've heard a lot is that uh, uh, so the three degrees, like the entered apprentice, deals with the physical realm, uh, the fellow craft with sort of the mental realm, and then mm. the master mason with sort of like the spiritual or like or trans mental beyond the mental realm. Um, sure. Which which I really like, uh, and I think you know uh, we could talk a little bit about it without giving away secrets. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there's a, a way to do that squarely. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so sort of the themes, like in the entered apprentice degree, um, I mean, there's a lot of expository stuff, but um, but mostly you have this obligation that's just being like, you're a mason now. You have to, you know, one of the things you should be doing is respecting secrecy and keeping secrets and all this kind of stuff. And Such then, a hard thing to even talk about. Oh, it, <laughs> I is, feel, it is. I can feel our minds going back and forth. How do I say this? <laughs> How do I say this? Yes, what do I do? Well, I'm reminded it's of uh, uh, Brother Sean Iyer just recently published a charge that he wrote called the Beehive Charge, which has a line in it, which is something like, um, uh, pay attention to silence and circumspection. Uh, where silence and circumspection are not found, those things which silence and circumspection are meant to protect will not be found. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's super poignant. You're sort of like, oh, geez, of course, like, and it, it sort of ties into mindfulness, right? Like the, you know, one of the first things we're taught is like, you know, you need to have some sort of mental discipline because silence and circumspection aren't, in a lot of ways, they're kind of symbolic. Um, but primarily it's because it's trying to teach you to be mindful of how you communicate and mindful of how you interact with the world and sort of like it's a it's like this pressure to to remember who you are remember what you're doing Uh, and I think that that's sort of what the entered apprentice degree is all about it's sort of telling you like okay now that you're making this step you're setting yourself apart from the world in some way and part of that means that you need to be mindful about your interaction with the world in a in a whole new way I like that. Yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's, um, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't think I could really add much more to that. Yeah. I'm, I think, um, yeah. And so then in the fellowcraft degree, there's this great emphasis on the liberal arts and sciences. And it's saying like, if you want, if you want to progress, you have to understand these things and study them and look into, uh, 
all this kind of stuff. And I think we we talked about that a lot with the when we talked right after your fellow craft degree, didn't we? Um, I believe so. It yeah. was right around. It so, was right around that. Yeah. And then in the Master Mason degree, it just gets friggin' weird. Could I just yeah, before we get on, before we step up to uh, the plate of weird, uh-huh. uh, maybe I could I, I just and I'm, I, I'm I'm just perpetually having to do this. You know the holy gift project I'm working on with parable and parabola. Each of those represent a uh, the trivium and quadrivium, uh-huh. which I originally learned through the website Tragedy and Hope uh-huh. with Richard Grove. And uh, you know, interestingly about Richard Grove, I'll add because this ties into my own story and I'll get past it, is that he was supposed to be in um, at one of the World Trade Centers on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, do something or other, you know how you know uh, Providence works. He was not there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he was able to live. And the way that connects to my family is my father was, I don't, stop me if I've told this, my father has a boarding pass from September 11, 2001 mm-hmm. for 8.05 a.m., like the next round of flights after, and he was going to L.A. himself, I think, or... Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere but yeah jesus you know it's uh it's really funny how both people in my life avoided that fate and then this guy taught me about something that would later become relevant to my life in ways that you know we don't have to go into but mm-hmm. as far as school goes uh you know that uh, that i'll definitely say the trivium and the quadrivium are built even into that mm-hmm. and we'll 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 to finish the thought eric um we'll later touch into something that Dark journalists have been talking about lately with the X series in this um, Montana Tarochi cards because they actually add um, three others to the list to make about ten, including I believe philosophy, astronomy, and sight. You know something else. But yeah, there's even more to go on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the 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 trivium and quadrivium are super old, right? Like that's a division yeah. of of human knowledge that like dates back to, to at least to Rome. I'm not sure how much how if it goes prior to that but like even in rome you had that that division um but hold on let's i want to ask you about the uh parable parabola sure i don't know that you've mentioned that before can you talk about it like what what is this project oh word um that's actually a huge surprise that i haven't um well come on before i get into the meat of the the potato itself what um i think someone's mixing some carrots from metaphors oh what a word salad oh boy it's going very good folks we're gonna have to tap out help okay i need an adult listen <laughs> so so i um i never knew this so, like the the un, like like neil kramer's book the unfoldment like things unfold mm-hmm. and uh homophonically hum- homophonically uh-huh right yeah, right say that again homophonically um, yes so yes uh, <laughs> it's made me think of perfect hair forever anyways um if you haven't seen that definitely definitely check it out okay. a great show but i'm um, <laughs> moving forward uh parable is something you know it's in the song in the re in the reordering of the holy gift you start off with parable mm-hmm. and then parabola which parable itself is indicative parable one two three the trivium mm-hmm. that's more in the beginning there was the word the ruach across the waters the wind mm-hmm. uh, if we're doing that system but what we're, what we're talking about is a parable itself is something that it's not just like a lesson that makes sense all at once mm-hmm. it's something that makes sense to you over the course of your life it unfolds and unpacks itself yeah. so much like parade so that makes it even better for a starting point 
as far as something that's going to eventually spiral out. And then next you have the numbers, not to be number effed, because you have to remember that the spirit comes before the mechanization, hence the curse of the industrialized era, which is why we're returning to source or spirit if we do this right, which again is the battle of Ahura Mazda versus Araman, or, you know, King Mob against the Archons or something like that, uh-huh. just to throw that out there because we can <laughs> and shall and have done. So the point is, is that Parabola then goes on to being the actual spiral system itself upon which the soul's course can take its, you know, quote-unquote mechanical journey, but it's more like the biorhythms of the Earth, like Rudolf Steiner might point to. So that's how the uh, the album starts um, to be a holy album versus when you start Lateralis, it's off of that um, grudge song. You're starting with a grudge. You're bearing a load, and it also starts off with that aromonic computer sound. Going <laughs> it's your soundtrack, but sound effect for the day, folks. Um, but it starts off with a computer booting up, as if like you're on this like aromonic cycle. You're part of a slave machine. Mm-hmm. You know, like they told Neo, right? Yeah. So you know, it's it's very it's analogous to all those things, and I think that's an effective. Um, comparison to why that's the lateralis or lateral to us, which mm-hmm. is why we want to ascend out of this realm eventually instead of getting caught in what is known as the eighth sphere, which this gets deep quick. But this is all about ascending out of the aromatic trap, mm-hmm. which is something that would otherwise harvest our reincarnation, like the game of Saturn talks about, that Skylet imprint book. This all ties together. And there is a deep truth. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say, uh, all right, so you've mentioned uh, the Book of Saturn and the... Game of, Game of Saturn. Game of Saturn, but you also mentioned the uh, other tarot deck a little earlier that you said... And the Rochi. Yeah, yeah. And what, which tarot deck? Say, say that name again. So it's not a tarot deck proper. It was used for the education of the elite class children uh-huh. and contains what the mystery schools, according to dark journalist Daniel List out of Cambridge, Mass, says were uh-huh. to be super hidden. Uh-huh. So it's like, why is, why is this being displayed here? Um, but interesting, maybe you could put these up in the show notes. I'm not, you know, I, I think it would be great for people to have a link. Mm-hmm. But a picture of another one that's holding, it's three women uh, which we can talk about Hecate and Diana later because mm-hmm. we're going to mention um, Greg Stewart's The Master Mason book. Um, but what we're talking about is there's three figures on this other card. There's one that's just called the Eighth Sphere with just someone holding this astral realm, this uh, prison of mind, if you will, mm-hmm. versus one that has a square and compass and is holding a clear sphere in the center. And I don't know necessarily what to make of that, but if we go back to... If to finish the thought, if we go back to our second conversation where we were talking about the white hats and the black hats, mm-hmm. I think there's to being a quote unquote circumspect person who uses the compass appropriately that leads to your ability to not get trapped in the aromatic sphere, if you will, but it allows you to be more Ahura Mazda. Hmm. Um, so is this uh, related to the the, the uh, Mantania tarot deck? Yes. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. Now again, tarot, which is different than a tarot deck, not to put a fine point on it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, tarot I, deck for 78. I love yeah. that deck. The, the you fi- know about this. The 50-card deck? Yeah, I've got it, actually. I think I'm looking no at it. No way. Yeah, wow. Hold, hold on just a second. I'm going to grab it. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Quite good. I love how things match up like that. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, in, in fact, the third of the um, the ten stations in life is so fittingly the craftsman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this deck is gorgeous. Um, the version that I have, uh, the which is from Los Garebo, mm -hmm. it's got this like great silver filigree in the background and stuff. Um, oh, so that's beautiful. I bet. So assuming it's the same deck, what happened, the deck is split into um, five different categories of 10 cards each. Okay. And the the categories are, uh, hold on, I'll look at the book, my, since my deck is all out of order. Um, the categories are the uh, stations in life. So it starts yes. with, a, with the popper and goes up through the high priest or the Pope. Um, Pop or the Pope. Yep. And then the next one is the Muses um, along with um, Apollo. Mr. Sunshine himself. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Liberal Arts and Sciences and the three uh, yes. additional ones Stigology. at the end. That's one I forgot. Yeah. So hold on. It's a, a Grammar, Logic, and Rhetoric. That's the Trivium. And then geometry, arithmetic, music, and astrology, which is the quadrivium. And then the three extras, which are kind of scattered in a weird order, are poetry, philosophy, and theology. So on the Wikipedia, it needs correcting because they have astrology twice, which is oh. poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should we fix that. Update. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next. We'll get right on that. The next is. Uh, uh, the geez. three genia of light. Yeah, along with the, um, along with the seven, um, uh, yes, main um, virtues from the entered apprentice degree. So it starts off uh, intellect, oh, nice. senses, and the vital functions. And Do then, it again. They just cut out. Say it again. intellect. Uh, what intellect? Uh, the senses and the vital functions. Oh wow! Although the Italian names are. Uh, Iliaco, Chronico, and Cosmico. I don't know what yeah. I, I don't know what Iliaco means, but uh, Iliaco, Chronico, and Cosmico. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets into the um, four cardinal virtues: temperance, prudence, strength, and justice. And then the theological virtues: charity, hope, and faith. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and then it has the, um, the. I guess you know the the spheres so it starts with the moon the moon through yes. saturn then the upper heavens the celestial power and the divine light or the octava spera that would be the eighth sphere uh so that's the one yeah the prima mobile which is uh the first mover and then yes. the prima causa the first cause yeah um, so it's a really fascinating set of images and um you know, I mean, to me, they really bring to mind uh, Renaissance image magic. Like, these are images used to encode knowledge and power in the in the spirit and the psyche. How do we connect this to the Hermetica? Well... Would you say that they could be used side by side, possibly? 
Um, some of it for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, the the first thing I think of is um, the the planetary spheres reaching back up into like the Neoplatonic or Aristotelian stuff, um, because that ties directly into some of the Hermetica. You know that in the in the Nag Hammadi um, scriptures we have a piece of Hermetica called the Ogdoad and the Ennead, which is about <laughs> the eighth and ninth spheres and reaching them through the sort of ecstatic initiation. And the the text itself is um, Hermes leading his son Tat through this initiation, and then this like ecstatic vision and hymn that that Tat uh, sort of generates as he goes through the initiation, huh. which is really fun to read. You should definitely, if you've got the um, Nag Hammadi Gospels, it's 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 in there. Sometimes it's called the the eighth follows the ninth or the eighth sphere and the ninth sphere or something of that nature. It reminds me of Carl Jung to a degree with his red book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he totally, you know, there's, there's a lot of inspiration across the board there. Yeah. I haven't actually opened up the, the Mantegna ter- uh, and looked at it in a while, but it's, it's a fascinating deck. I will Things absolutely... are certainly lining up, it mm-hmm. seems. Yeah. I'll put a link to this in the um, in the show notes. It's weird Often. because when I first got it, I tried to use it for tarot readings, and it's so different that it was almost impossible to do. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's not the same. It's it's like a Lenormand. Uh, it's not the same beast at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you... So you heard about it with the, the Dark Philosopher or Dark Journalist? Dark... You got it. Dark journalist. Okay. Um, yeah, you put, we, we talked about him a little bit last time. I haven't... Um, I think so. Yeah, I haven't uh, spent... <laughs> I really haven't spent very much time looking into him, just um, just watching part of that YouTube video that you that, that you sent last time. Um, Was that the one about the uh, President X by any chance? Oh, sh- I don't remember. <laughs> it was the one where, about- where he, he was answering one of your questions, though. Oh, he does that from time to time, yeah. but... Um, one one of the things, and he's really good about that. He has a. I just I would say that uh, dark journalist on the live Friday chat sometimes Saturdays. He brings out like it, it's pretty much a hundred percent solid quality people that are really pleasant and kind and thoughtful to uh in, to dialogue with. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean like I I get, how do you say something nice these days without? <laughs> but yeah, no, that's really that's true. It's 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 how it is and. It's because I think he radiates integrity, and if I ever find out that I'm wrong, I'm going to be, I, I'd, I'd feel so confused. So I really think that he's a legit um, source of knowledge, okay. and he's respectful about it. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a he's of value to our current society. I would say mm-hmm. well, for those with ears to hear and eyes and such and such, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait. So let's let's loop back around to the Master Mason stuff because uh, I'm just doing that. Now, yeah. Because I'm curious to know. So I was talking to um, a brother uh, at brunch yesterday. I I'm sure you, uh, you know, this the people have been talking about this on Twitter a little bit, but we have these like esoteric brunches in in my neighborhood where uh, a bunch of us get together and we just talk about like super weird stuff during brunch on Saturdays. Um, and yesterday, a brother. That sounds. Funny. It's 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 really fun. <laughs> it really does. 
he was talking yeah. about uh, Masonic initiation, and he he sort of was like, you know, part of the Masonic initiation is something that you um, you go through or you um, commit to, right? Like you make a promise, and you're like, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be living my life a different way. I'm going to yes. pursue these things, and you know, I mean, a big part of it is like I'm basically pursuing like the perfection of humankind. Uh, through being a good example. Like, I think that's kind of the basic, most rudimentary level of the initiation. I would agree with that. Just if I could just add on to that um, before you go on, I, mm-hmm. I would say that it's, it's, um it's definitely about um like in, in any in more mild sense uh, without, you know, being out in, you know, the woods or anything with chemicals or, you know, the mm-hmm. tribe itself. It's, it's definitely a an awakening to um, at least partially a, a more adult form of being, and I say that in like the classical sense, mm-hmm. where you know oh, we're yeah. surrounded by very you know Nintendo playing uh, whatever you know. I mean, I like that too to a degree, but I mean, in extreme overbalance of a perpetual kid mode versus you know what are you here to do? What's your purpose? What are what are you going to provide for value mm-hmm. to your community? And I, I find that I want to uh, just stress that point. That's something this is, you know, it's it's making you really cut off those unnecessarily unnecessary things that you would have thought were so important and fun to do. The vices and, kind of, and superfluities of life. Vices and superfluities <laughs> of life. Precisely. Yes. And so to finish the thought, I just think that it's a really wonderful, I think that, you know, it would be great if, first of all, more people you know you know got into it for what it is Mm -hmm. but then really used it because i i think there's a huge benefit that even mr david lynch notices i think but anyways (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean i guess what you're saying is freemasonry is a it's a it's a rite of passage it's a it marks a a step like it's it's basically like yeah it's it's putting a putting a line on like you stop being a child now it's time to like grow up it's time and it's it's go to it's not things and... yeah it's not going to happen all at once either that's a thing mm-hmm. but it continually turns you back towards that which i mean like people i remember um greg carlwood mentioning something about freemasonry as, amongst a lot of other groups and he said you know they're trying to get you to look at it the way they see it and it's like well one that's why we go into it to see it the way quote unquote mm-hmm. we now not they but we see it but also, if you look at the word of what it is to be radicalized, mm-hmm. it's nothing but to have a root rate. Let's talk about it mathematically. It's to have a root from which all of your source thoughts kind of return to and go from. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's been terribly pejoratized in our society with all of the, you know, post 9-11 crappity crap, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're not even going to get into 9-11 and how that compares to our August fraternity. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's Walt Bosley, Walter Bosley can talk about that. And, you know, he's a brother. But here's the idea um, to get radicalized. And I would just say this straight from the way it's like, OK, so a cannabis smoker used to be this, but then they started smoking weed. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't see, you know, they're radicalized to seeing the world in that way. That's their radius. That's upon mm-hmm. which they return to. We we would say in simple terms, virtue for us, I think, is one of the main main ways of putting it main mm-hmm. Uh, cornerstones of the concept is virtue Mm -hmm. Uh, would you agree with that oh yeah absolutely i think that uh when i look at freemasonry you know from a from a standpoint of like you know how are we supposed to 
how are we supposed to take what we learn in Freemasonry and, and apply it to the outer world? Um, I think that like practicing virtue or the art of virtue is, is sort of like key. That's our interface with the world, right? Like our virtue affects how we act with the world typically. Um, Not just with the world, but, you know, I mean, I, for example, I was offered free food yesterday from a restaurant mm -hmm. and I chose to pay for it, <laughs> even though that's money out of my wallet. Mm -hmm. There's something that you quote unquote purchase on a different level. And it's that simple. And it, you just you just have to understand that it's not just virtue for the sake of virtue or for, you know, whatever people would try, you know, quite the opposite of virtue signaling, by the way, I just mm -hmm. add. That's that's a devoid virtue. That's um like empty calorie virtue, and it's it's worse than it is good. But right, but mm -hmm. but but when we talk about you know um, virtue just being like yeah, that makes a good society for sure, and let's be Christ-like for sure, whatever that means. Undergoing the the pains of Golgotha, we can get into, mm -hmm. which I barely know a thing about, but I know it's something relevant and very forward useful. But the idea is that. It's not just purchasing you um, money. It's like it's that whole you can serve Christ or Mammon or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not what's purchased on this level. It's something that's happening on a higher celestial realm, which in turn shines down upon us in ways that are truly, usually unfathomable. Yeah, 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 and that unfathomable bit bit is, uh, I think, really important too. Um, you know, because there is. There is something to it where we're we're aiming at or we're we're talking about something that can't be talked about and not and I mean can't as in like not as if it may not be talked about. It's like it's impossible to talk about it. These are these are concepts that are beyond uh, beyond description or beyond vocalization. Which brings us to that idea, you know, where that which is silent is not found, that which is, you know, made sacred by silence is not found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, for so, right. So, I mean, like, that, so the way to talk about it is to not talk about it, right? Yeah. It's also, it's always, it's always, you know, virtues in the doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many of us are trained, to, I mean, this really, like, not to extrapolate the whole nine, but... Um, a lot of men are trained from the get-go in this modern cycle of quote-unquote MKL, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. All of that. Men are trained to be not men. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's not really any other way of putting it. So another part of the initiation, I would say, is to refine something of that level, which there's some force out there that's deeply threatened by the strong noble masculine activity and energy mm -hmm. the sacred masculine yeah even the concept of virtue right like the the root word yes. is uh, vir vir which is a which is a latin word for man and it implies like uh, oh, virtue no. or you know virtus is is the set of attributes that a that a good human has like interesting you know it, it sets us apart from from animals and it sets us apart from children and it sets us apart from like the unthinking or the the unreasoning and gives us like you know these are ideals uh it's reflected in kabbalah in a really interesting way too in um uh uh moses cordovero uh, he wrote this great book called the uh hold on a second i totally have it 
The problem, I'm just going to add Tomer oh. Devera, Tomer Devera, where he's like, he's like, virtue isn't, isn't just some stuff that men thought up, but it's, what's, do you have an animal in there? Oh, that's just this bird that's out here. Sorry about cool. that, guys. Hey, no problem. I love having birds in the background. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, uh, but but uh, but instead, like, the virtues represent um, sort of, like, attributes of the divine that we are meant to emulate. So by practicing virtue, we raise our own sort of divine state by by trying to, you know, return to sort of the the prime mover or the the first cause and the the, the purity yeah. of its actions the purity of its being we're, we're running the god script so to speak yeah 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 and like i just want to add that it's not like male female like in that modern sense which everyone's in a huff about right uh, that means the active principle mm -hmm. um that you know, the, the lingam going out while the yoni returns inward to the cave of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, equal importance, mind you, else we would not be here. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's that's strictly what we're talking about when we say masculine in this case is the act of virtue principle, the act of doing something. I mean, you can almost say that judo in a Taoist sense or, you know, jujitsu, there's the act of parts and then there's the parts of letting their energy come at you. So that would be the recessive, but that's not what we mean, boy or girl. We mean active principle. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think that's you know even in the uh, in the word virtue and the the root uh, vir is not supposed to be like just men who do this. It's definitely yes. it's definitely we a need call a society. for all of us. Women are women are as sacred as men every single minute of every hour of every day. And I really do feel there's a part of me that is very firmly set for protecting. And, you know, this is something that is so twisted in our society today. You get yelled at for this concept by some poor, very sad, confused individuals. But there's a part of me that definitely feels the need. You know, you see a child who needs help. You feel the need to protect him or her. Mm -hmm. You see a woman who needs help. And if she can't on her own accord, or even so, even if she could, you still want to help. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that. You know, let's focus on the word wants to help. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are well victimized these days where they're so trained to go hysterical at talking points and semiotics mm -hmm. that they miss the actual humanistic connection because they're too much in their head. They're not living from their heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is where you get someone. You get them confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... It makes me think of, you know, I, I feel like there's a there's a part of our society and maybe this is something that's always been going wrong. I, I really don't know. But but uh, our role models are like, you know, the 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 captains of the of our economy and our society or whatever that we're that we spend so much time on emulating. Don't you venture. Well, they're 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 capitalists, right? They're like. Yeah, like billionaires and property owners and people who don't act with virtue. You know, I, I look at uh, so. So, you know, living in Portland, we're having um, this problem with real estate where real estate prices keep going up and uh, rent keeps going up and it's sort of like pricing people out. And there's all this talk about like the macroeconomic part of it. But the reality is like a lot of. It, we're we're taught to extract as much value as much money as possible from our fellow man 
from our fellows and that's the way to like get ahead and succeed so the the reason that the reason rent keeps going up is it's not just like market prices doing it it's individuals who look around and are like well everybody else is doing it i'm going to do it too right like mark passio talks about yeah order followers right and they're they're, they're following mammon yeah, they and are. I'm not criticizing. I'm just, I'm just noting. I'm yeah, realizing yeah. it's just we we don't give um we don't give a really good option. You know, the the, the good option is is not um is not easy. That's to because find. it's that's because I believe the Aramonic slash what they call Luciferic and uh-huh. that gets complicated. Yeah, the forces of this world are they're trying to keep people down and in the game of Saturn, so to speak, and Material we must realm. Yeah. We must be Christ-like. We must ascend. I, I, to people who get confused with that or think it's New Age, you're overthinking it, buddy, and you're probably <laughs> not living from your... You're not probably being as good a person as you could be. And uh, that I is include true myself. of all of us. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. Are yeah. we going to choose the, the Ma'at feather, or are we going to get led and weighed down by the stone? Which is, again, the grudge, which that other album begins with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a constant struggle too. Like it's not something. It's not like you get there one day and you're like, oh, I'm, nope. I'm acting. I'm acting in a perfect manner. Uh, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm then the next test comes. Then yeah. the next test comes. Then the next test comes. <laughs> or you forget. It's true. You forget and you slide backwards, and it's the yes. It's the reflection of that that moment of creation where where the spark of divinity trapped in matter forgets that it's divine. Yeah, it, the Cleefoss come to mind. I I don't know that much, but yeah, it's a shadow reflection. Yeah, yeah, it's the perversion of the creative principles. Mm-hmm. It's the degradation of the quote unquote man. Right. It's Adam fallen. It's it's the fallen angel. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know um, into matter, and he mm-hmm. forgot that he was divine. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that like um. You know, like a lodge system in, in Freemasonry where you go through the initiation, but then you keep going back and keep working on it and keep working on it. It provides yes. you with that ever-present reminder. You know, the symbols are constantly being impressed upon your upon your soul. And, and Thank God for that. Yeah, you and know? you're constantly being reminded of the lessons that you're supposed to be learning and the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And it's... Whew, I, you, <laughs> you could say, say thanks, Source, for that even. Cause... Yeah. From whence, from from whence came we? <laughs> yeah. Always remember that, and you shall you shall very seldomly err if you remember that in your heart and live that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, we are we are we are a fraternity who believes in the heart, and mm-hmm. that's very important. Yeah. You know, it's um some people who are on the outside could rightfully say, oh well, it's a very cognitive thing, Mike, but that's that's. That's not it. It's not to be mentally. You can think about it all day, but you're not being a Freemason. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to be a Freemason. Mm-hmm. And Greg writes about that too. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Yeah. So you just finished reading uh, Greg Stewart's <laughs> book, right? Or you've been reading Greg Stewart's book? I've been reading it. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. And what is the title of the book? I believe it's the Master Mason. Uh-huh. And, and then there's a subtitle, but I'm not inside right now, so I'll cool. have to tell you that in a second. Can you um, can you give us a little bit of an idea of, of what it's about or what's going on in it? Well, he does. Um, he's a, So like you, he's a Scottish right as well. So uh-huh. he kind of he frames the entire thing kind of saying like um, the blue degrees, but also of the Scottish right perspective. Mm-hmm. 
so um that's that's one thing that he does again i'm not with the text at this very moment so um but that's one of the things that i've noticed that he started by doing um there's a lot of uh you know unpacking and extrapolating on different things that you know i probably won't read over the air myself mm -hmm. but yeah there's a lot of different and i've got a couple of uh, quotes written down so i can get to that in a few minutes all right Sorry, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a better guest right now with my texts. You're a great guest. We've been mm -hmm. having a great conversation. You don't need I'm, to. Being, <laughs> I'm being outside right now with, with the uh, with the Elementes. That's cool. I, I don't know. Um, so we, uh, I was with one of the other hosts a while back, and we went for a hike, and we were, um, and we recorded some of our conversation while we were out in the woods. And it was, like, the, the process of editing it afterwards and, like, listening to us talking and listening to, like, this great sort of rich background noise of just sort of the forest and the wind in the trees and like birds. Love it. it was, it was the best. <laughs> I loved it. So we're doing that again, actually. We're going, um, we're going backpacking uh, later this month and we're going to record while we're out in the, in the wilderness. That's going to be great. Yeah. I look forward to yeah. that. Yeah. Me I'm going to check that out. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but like, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, when you're with super interesting people and you spend all day lugging your camp around and then you finally in the evening are like sitting around in the dark with nothing else to do, you get you get kind of introspective. You get the oh, yeah. the melancholy of the forest sort of sets upon you. Oh, that's you, beautiful. Yeah, it'll be it should be interesting. That's a, did you uh, coin that phrase yourself right now? I just made it up just this instant. It makes me think of not not like not necessarily a fitting parable, uh -huh. but uh, it's uh, reminds me of the episode in the X Files, Darkness Falls. Yeah, I don't think I know it's, that. Uh, Remind me. It's it's the first season or se first season episode, season eight, if I'm not incorrect, uh -huh. um, six or eight or something like that. Uh, it's just about these glowing bugs in the forest that like basically consume. The <laughs> but it's um, it makes me think of that. Just well, like the, the melancholy of the forest makes me uh, think of that. Oh well, there hopefully won't be any glowing bugs that are eating us. <laughs> well, no, I, I wish you the same. Um, I wish you the same. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite look for any of my of my 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 brethren or friends uh -huh. get eaten by bugs. It's 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 not a good look. Yeah, it's like you got to go on a date the next day, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, I'm missing my flesh. <laughs> I you love me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and with that, I was like, hey. okay. So actually today, uh, Greg Stewart's been sharing a couple of really cool old uh, Mason pictures, like a life magazine. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, I want to, I want to read, um, <clears throat> I came upon this, um, oh geez, this is kind of, okay. So um, our friend Vanessa has actually uh, done a quick Jupiter thing for us today. So thank you, Vanessa. Thanks. Vanessa. Uh, she posted, Thank you. Who's Vin oh, oh, Vanessa on Twitter. V VK, yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know who she is. Yeah. So she shared this per um, partial Beverly Randolph quote. I want to read this from like, this It's kind of freaked me out a bit. Mm -hmm. It says, let us go then to the land of romance, of dream, the land of holy Biblis, uh, the sacred G Ganges, mm -hmm. standing upon their shores. Our minds will revert back in the dim, in the dim ages. To the days of our childhood, the birth of the mystical reign of Aramanes. 
<laughs> and I'm like, that's 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 um pertinent and not good. I don't want the reign of Aramon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's fitting. So I would I would I would counter that by saying one of the ways to overcome the Aramonic force and as being Ahura Mazda is to go through the so-called you know trials of Christ that he underwent in the underworld in the famous Golgotha resurrection of three days. And I don't know much as enough about that, but it has to do with attunement and service. And I would, uh, from Greg's book on page 63, it says, ordeal is the great word of life and life itself is a serpent, which brings forth and devours unceasingly. So, if like to go with the calories of oh. spirituality, yeah. then what we're looking at is to fulfill, not to get lost in the Aramon's dream, because mm -hmm. those are empty calories, but to live with virtue in action and to be Christ-like in your everyday goings about. Like, you know, you don't have to preclude the devil as the trickster so much as to say that don't trick yourself. You know, there are consequences to these actions. So to come. And I mean, go ahead. Well, so the that line about uh, life is constantly producing and consuming, or whatever you had just said, which was similar life to that. yeah, like the tool song, disgustipated. But go ahead. Oh, I've well, I mean, it just makes me think of like the that you know part of part of like acting well and being virtuous and stuff is you know includes sort of the recognition that that life um, life is a continuous process of creation and destruction. And we're constantly yes. having to do that, you know, like life can't even continue unless it consumes other living things, right? Like that's right. It, you know, the, it's three thirty-three here, by the way. I'm just throwing that into the mix. But right. go ahead. <laughs> like, but it's so, the 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 interaction between between creation and destruction is so intimate that they're very nearly one and the same. You know, life is just a constant churn of of death feeding new life. The dragon is uh, its tail in its own mouth, the Ouroboros. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even in, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Well, I think the point about feeding, like, if we're eternal dragons going in a loop, like, to speak, then, you know, our ultimate product is what we fed, chose to feed upon and digest. And just like with the cellular makeup of your body, mm -hmm. you can drink beer and eat pizza all day and become something that I was definitely way, it's way too easy. It's the easy path. You, you could become crap and, you know, spiritually one would find themselves in a reincarnation of crap, especially with a talk of suicide lately, which is you robbing your, you know, potentiality from the world. Um, apparently people who commit suicide in some traditions will end up reincarnating almost immediately back into the same life cycle that they were doing, but now it's going to be even harder each time. Hmm. And some souls are in danger of becoming permanently trapped, which is why there is a quote-unquote heaven or hell. Um, I mean, nothing ever ends. It's just, do you want this to get better for yourself, or are you going to cycle downwards, or are you going to spiral upwards? And mm -hmm. I think that's what our initiation teaches us, is to restore ourselves to upwards. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do see what you're saying, and I, I agree. I think that's sort of the goal of a, of a lot of... I mean, that's the goal that we're taught from a lot of different angles, is like we mm. we need to be moving upwards, or we need to be repairing. You, you, you brought up the, the, the Klipoth earlier, and um, in Kabbalah, there's this concept of uh, tikkun olam, which is the, uh, the healing or the repairing of the world. 
Yeah. And um, and part of that involves, you know, the expression uh, or, you know, the not only like the practice of divine virtue, but the the constant motion towards more wholeness or more goodness. Balance and vibration. Yes, yeah. like Savan Bomar talks about wholeness and balance vibrations. Yeah. He's or finding, one of my favorite finding those ways, people. right? Like finding the ways to increase the wholeness or finding the ways to to unite parts of the the shattered spheres that need to be put back together so that we can okay, so to your point to yeah. your point to your point um in tool they they won the grammy for this song schism uh-huh. and he says he knows the pieces fit mm-hmm. knows yeah. those pieces fit to your point and i mean what else is it called but the wholeness the holy gift right 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 and that's to your point i hope i i just i thought that needed to be said oh yeah for sorry sure. to cut you off no, no, no. I, that, that's cool. You, that uh, that's totally. I think uh, the same stuff. Um, yes. I have never listened to Tool. Um, there's some country band uh, from Zimbabwe. I think they uh, do <laughs> a lot of marimba work. With a they they, they kind of like they they kind of spit onto a griddle and make a sizzle sound. Yeah, that's it's that's the entirety of their work. Man, everybody I'm keeps. Got... I you know I hear about Tool all the time. Like they are. They are a band that got popular in like the half generation directly behind mine. Got it. So, so I just I just kind of missed out. I missed out by the time um, by the time I noticed that Tool existed, it was all a bunch of it, it was like I, you know it, it was it was too late. It just <laughs> it makes me think so funny that you say that it's too late when like Tool fans. And uh-huh. I do not consider myself, even though I'm a cult fan, I don't consider myself a tool fan uh-huh. by any stretch of the image. But uh, you know what I'm saying is that like they've been barking up and down for a new album, a new album, a new album. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they haven't released anything since 2006. So what my point is, it's it's Dang. ironic to say that you've missed them because you haven't. They're just, <laughs> what they what they put out is perfect for what it is. Well, they do have. A, it's absolutely right. on my list of things to check out. <laughs> they, they, I'll note that they have a track called A slash Descending that's been floating around there. Uh-huh. And that totally makes me think of the work of Dane Rudyard. Uh-huh. Uh, he talks about like how he talks about a Vedic kind of cosmology and how sound and cymatics are used to, you know, um, the, the spiritual scientific occult uh, use of sound uh, and A Descending versus Ascending. Um, in ascending, uh, that definitely ties into Dane Rudyard's work, is what I'll say. So I'd look into his book, The Magic of Tone. It's free online, and uh, the magic you know, of maybe tone. make a donation. Yeah, right. yeah, that's tied into that as well. Just like psycho cybernetics is. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it's all there's so much to this Arfin book. I can't even get into it. It's so much. So now that you've done your master mason degree now that you've yep. gone through the master mason degree um mm-hmm. and you've you've even helped other people uh experience their master mason degree do you have an idea of the sort of stuff that you're going to do next in freemasonry so um we have a york right chapter um at two of the my favorite lodges mm-hmm. and i know you it really would you know i'm probably going to end up going both york right and scottish right mm-hmm. and um I know that we have the northern jurisdiction versus the southern jurisdiction, so obviously I'd have to be where I am for now. But yeah, looking looking at going both ways. And you're in Boston proper, aren't you? 
Um, I live right now about 15 minutes south of Boston proper. Okay. There's a York Rite chapter. There are some really amazing York Rite chapters in Boston itself. And um, uh, offline, I'll give you the name of a, of a brother that you should look up and, in Boston, and he might be able to get you started on a good York Rite path. Very good. I know that there's a, a chapter out of our lodge here in Norwood. Uh-huh. Um, and we have we have Orient Lodge here and a couple others, but I'm a member of Orient Lodge. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in our building, we do have a York Rite chapter. Mm-hmm. And if I were going to do that, I, I'll definitely take your um, I'll definitely take that offline. Okay. Um, I don't know. Wouldn't it just make sense to just do it out of my hometown as well? It, oh yeah, for be. sure. But sometimes, sometimes, especially with the degrees themselves, you want to have like the best experience you possibly can. That I hear. Yeah. I've helped set up. I've set, I've helped set up the room for a York rate once, and uh, I'm not going to go into the 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 dressery or anything. But like that, that thing went on backwards. I was like, okay, we got to space in the right way. But the, yeah, no, I have go the, ahead. the Royal Arch degree, which is part of the York rate, um, mm-hmm. is a fairly old one, and it is arcane. It has like astrological stuff in it it has like this kabbalistic theme that runs through it it has these i mean there's this some of the stuff in it is is almost too blatant like if you're familiar with occult stuff and you get into the royal arch and you're going through the degree and you're just sort of like no way they couldn't have made this any more plain (laughs) and then then other stuff you know you come upon it and it'll be like this big revelation and then afterwards you're like well of course damn it of course that's it Oh, uh, isn't that like every revelation after we've been past the holy moly moment? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 past it. You're like, oh, it all makes sense now. Everything was aiming in that direction, and I should have seen it coming. <laughs> Are you also York right? I am. In fact, York right is kind of my. Well, I'm I'm Royal Arch, right? Royal Arch itself, like not all of York right is 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 my bag, but the the Royal Arch degree in particular is is probably my favorite part of Freemasonry. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I've been considering both directions because I think both of them have something to offer to uh, fleshing out the degrees. Mm-hmm. And For sure. it's, it's probably also just responsible, uh, I think, to you know take both routes as far as my path goes. Yeah. And you'll see like there are, um, there are kind of like philosophical differences between the different, between the different rights, you know, so you'll, and it's, it's, I, Honestly, this is something that I need to put more thought into before I can really like put my finger on it and and say like this is what's going on. But uh, the Scottish Rite, for instance, in the United States, we've got the Northern Jurisdiction and the Southern Jurisdiction, and even between the two of those, there's a different, there's sort of a different thematic lesson that's being taught in those different jurisdictions. Interesting. So you'll go through, and the experience that you have in the Scottish Rite in Massachusetts will not be the same as the one that I get in Oregon. Yours is going to be the Northern Jurisdiction stuff. Um, <clears throat> but Which you is get, why you can be part of both. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's an interesting, like in the Southern Jurisdiction, I want to say that there's, there's a, there's a lot of sort of like comparative religion stuff that I think is a little outdated, but still really interesting to see. And then there's this message of almost like individualism and, and civic responsibility that has to do with like safeguarding liberty, safeguarding freedom of expression, safeguarding the sort of stuff that, that 
that not only like uh, the American Revolution is founded on, but like the French Revolution too. Like those sorts of those sorts of you know the the sovereignty of the individual and the importance of of not forcing another person to act and think the way you do. You know, so there, there's it's it's kind of interesting. It's in the in the Blue Lodge, you know, we we are sort of taught to turn inward. And then in the Scottish, right, there's sort of this like turn outward and look at the world and look at what we're, you know, look at what we're doing. Um, and that's pretty fascinating. And then in the York, right, like the York, right, in particular, the Scottish or the, the Royal Arch section of it, it really follows right on the path of the Blue Lodge. It's just, you know, very similar, very similar. Um, I've heard that the York right is kind of like um, an extension of the Blue Lodge, where the Scottish right would almost be like a, a different thing itself, almost. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting to experience both of them. Yeah, but you've got years. Don't don't go don't go <laughs> rushing into anything yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, God, do I know? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like um, jump back, uh, maybe uh, just to shift. Uh, here's another quote i have from page 60 from uh, greg's book the master mason it says mm-hmm. we must interpret the truths for ourselves to find their resonance within us mm-hmm. and i think that goes to what you were saying about either either path that you could take you know it's all about what those truths are for what they make sense to you not what you would force someone else to see them as right yeah, and I think that kind of also we have that sort of idea in Freemasonry of like our, our symbols. A lot of our symbols are given sort of a theme, but not like a really hard and fast interpretation. And we're sort of told, you know, we, we're giving them in a context, but we're, we're really taught like you have to figure out what these are. My favorite example is the square, which doesn't okay. even get its own definition. In, in Oregon, when you're first taught the square it says uh the the line is something like um the square teaches you to act by the square of truth and virtue pretty so much it's like, yeah the square teaches you to act by the square what the heck does that mean <laughs> there's nothing in there <laughs> and but instead you know we have but we but we still use that term all the time like the meaning of it is supposed to be self-evident Right, like we talk about right. square actions or or acting on the square, acting by the square, and like all this stuff where we're sort of we're sort of supposed to know what it means, even though in our ritual there's a total cop out. It's just a tautological symbol that's saying like, oh yeah, the square means act by the square. I would say that like you know uh, we're talking about how the word angel and angle mm-hmm. um, can be you know connected and you know it's living by the better angles of our nature almost oh totally like a... and in greek in greek where the word uh angel comes from it's uh angelos not merkel right no not merkel. <laughs> <laughs> jesus sorry <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that picture of her leering down at Trump? Oh my god. He's got his arms crossed like no. <laughs> it's just a it's just a reach out a recent picture from the G7. Oh, I yeah. wonder if it's cuz we said that Russia should be back in as G8 again. <laughs> no, let's not talk politics. <laughs> oh, we're not. I'm just right. wondering if that yeah. why she was leer, leering at him like that. I mean, that. why wouldn't you leer at him? 
Um, oh, but, I would not want to be on the return end of Angela Merkel's gaze. Is oh, all me I'm neither. saying. Me neither. She's, she's a scary she's lady. Badass. Bless her. God bless her. Yeah. So hey, now that you've uh, another, uh, I've got another Mason question for you now. So you, um, you're sort of at least more into the conspiracy theory side of stuff than I am. <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering, like, now that you've now that you've gone through the degrees and now that you've sort of like become more familiar with the fabric of Freemasonry, yeah. uh, what do you think of some of those Masonic conspiracy theories? Dear Lord. Okay, yeah, but... a few things. A few things happen. A few things happen. Still, I want to know why I haven't seen a real picture from space and why this is all CGI. Come on, folks. Just I'm not telling you. <laughs> I am not claiming what the shape of anything is. I don't care. But let's start with let's start with if I were a lawyer in court, show me some evidence. It's like picture it didn't happen. So, anyways, yeah, Chris Carter be all like, check it out, Kubrick. Anyways, all I'm saying is that why you know to speak to a conspiracy of that sort. Why haven't I seen any real pictures? You know, and I don't want to, if people don't see it, they don't have the eyes to see kind of thing. But okay, so conspiracies as far as our fraternity goes. Yeah, yeah, Masonic conspiracies. Well, okay, so one that comes to mind that's relevant to my past and future livings, Boston proper, we had the, um, the awful tragedy there where, you know, some people said there were guys in caps with skull logos on them and this, that, the other thing. Are you talking about the, uh, the marathon bomb? I am this on you know very unfortunate situation mm-hmm. there in yeah Boston and so you know people can say it was Gladio people can say it was the craft group people can say that you know they were leaving shoes on the ground to prove that that was a Freemasonic thing and frankly I don't know what happened that day I just you know I don't like you know coming from you know a town that's connected to the American Revolution and then the obviously blatantly going on showing how Bostonians have just completely given up their fourth amendment. You know, it's like, Oh, you want to mm-hmm. come search my, Hey, go ahead, do that. It's like, dude, there's some kind of weird pattern. Uh, no matter, you know, if it was that the, this, what the crap was the kid's name? Zokar Sarnayev or whatever, you know, I mean, I have no idea what really happened that day, but as far as it relates to Freemasonry, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't get on board with that. I don't think that's, and if someone's using our, like there's an interesting episode that came out recently of a podcast. Uh, yeah, I'll say, uh, there's an interesting, a culture episode that came out recently with recluse talking about, and, and I'm not, you know, you listen to the episode, you got to get on the Patreon. Oh, that's what the I'm one saying. That just, that just came out, right? The, did you listen to that? I uh, no, it's on my list to listen to, but I haven't yet. It, but it, uh, it talks about talks, something about like dark Freemasonry and it talks looks... about how free, the Freemasonic symbols are used potentially by other groups uh-huh. as if a MacGuffin. So it's just like, if you planted, you know, uh, God, is OJ's glove even a good one? No, but like it's it's like as if like someone took like you know it's a false flag and that it's 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 an esoteric symbolic false flag in that mm-hmm. degree, potentially. And I'm I'm not saying I have any knowledge, but that's one that I've seen people say, "Oh, this is Freemasonic because of a shoe." Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Where's so this, why see, why a shoe? Well, think about think about oh. Yeah, but I Think mean, about, yeah. we didn't come up with that. That's something that we took out of the friggin' Bible. I know, right? So that's the problem. <laughs> like, that's it's 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 ferret holes within ferret holes within mm-hmm. ferret holes. 
And honestly, like, I, I think that there's an interesting point made by Recluse that says, what if it is, you know, this group doing this? What if they did, you know, what George Washington purportedly said was, oh, my, you know, remember the letters that he wrote uh, worried about the Bavarian Illuminati, you know, infiltrating Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, George Washington, who was the largest landowner at the time, by the way, I think, mm-hmm. um, just to jump back to what you were saying earlier to complicate it, right? Um all I'm saying is that, like, he was worried about these kind of things taking place. And, you know, who, who knows? You know, all I know is that, you know, the fraternity itself, to me, has vast potential to make people much better people. And, you know, as far as you asked about conspiracy theories, man, I guess I just don't know how the game's fully played if, if there's stuff up there. But I don't, I don't think deception of that level is, you know, Freemasonic. I think that mm-hmm. we're... You know, as far as my take on it goes, we're here to help and not to cause any kind of hurt, hindrance, or harm. Right, right. I I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, it, I guess um, people might not recognize people who are outside the fraternity might not realize how um, how diverse Freemasonry is. You know, so. Mm. Uh, so I mean, there's a, there's a lot of differences, right? I mean, there there all every lodge is like tiny and individual, and there's very little like national infrastructure going on you know i mean your your whole grand lodge has like different rituals in ours and different uh, yeah. traditions in ours and language and such yeah, yeah different language um and i don't even think that uh, like the grand lodge of oregon is you know 150 years younger 120 years younger than the grand lodge of uh massachusetts but we i don't even think we have like yeah. a direct line of of uh <clears throat> relation so it's it's always interesting to you know be on the inside and sort of see like what freemasonry actually deals with and what we are concerned with which is frequently fairly local and fairly small scale and having to do with things like you know wording in our rituals or pancake dinners or (laughs) or Yeah, but or even you know in lodges that are improving themselves and doing better these days, it's like, oh yeah, who's giving a who's giving a talk at the next meeting? You know, I mean, we don't. There's nothing in us that would be saying things like we should probably bomb people to change their ideas because it's Zero. totally yeah. totally counter to everything we do. You have to ask and have your own. You have to choose, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about free will and choice for us, and mm-hmm. I agree with. Yeah, I mean, no, but so. You know, if we're going to put on our tinfoil hats for a second, mm-hmm. then we say, well, we're the low guys on the totem pole. We've been screened for, you know, corruptibility or this, that, the other thing. And, you know, from the Aramonic have been found wanting. You know what I mean? And so we would never be privy to that. And that's, I'm just well, trying to be careful. I mean, I guess that, that could be possible, you're, you're, but I've been a Freemason for almost 20 years. Right. And I've met national players and talked to some of the big names and been around mm-hmm. quite a bit and um and I totally um I mean it could be that some of the right? big what a, names what a mind well, I mean, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Like, I see what I don't these want guys to see that are, either. Yeah. yeah. I see what they're obsessed with. I don't with. agree. They don't even have enough free time to do any of these other conspiracies. <laughs> oh, but don't you know? Come on. That's when we're supposed... That's no, because we do all of our stuff past that 
Oh God, I'm not even. There's a there's an <laughs> there's a researcher out. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, don't you know we do it all on the astral level? We, uh. we just pretend. <laughs> Come on. No, really. I to your point. I have seen nothing but communal help. I've seen nothing but people who want to make like we have a teacher of the year award that my mentor is like the man at. Mm-hmm. He helps out. These people say. There's two times in the year where they really see each other at the orientation in September and then at our award show. Our, our award show. And so they're getting recognition, which, uh, you know, the people, like the cynic people would be like, well, you're just help propping up, you know, you're putting a Band-Aid and you're not really fixing the new world order. And then I'm like, dude, these teachers are doing the best they can at the station in life. They're doing, we're giving them a night of recognition even if not all of them win, even if one wins, they still feel recognized. They mm-hmm. still cared for. They still feel that they're doing something worthwhile with their lives. And yeah. I mean, to me, maybe I'm just not that great at 15th dimensional chess, but that feels <laughs> a hell of a lot better than doing nothing with, you know, you could have just sat at home for the evening or gone out and God knows what mess you'd wake up to in the morning. Oh, yeah. But all I'm all I'm, yeah. So you know, I mean, to your point, I don't see, I don't see the maybe, maybe the uh, the hidden hand is just smacking us around and we don't see it. But it I, don't, <laughs> I, yeah. But, but, this comes back to our role. I'll finish my Spielberg by saying, you know, maybe this just, you know, for us, it really is. We're just heart based kind of people who would never enter into anything that would actually large scale, small scale, any scale hurt people. So I can't imagine it either. Well then, I mean, I guess in that sense, if if the major if the majority of Freemasons are like us and have been yes. screened and are not, you know, privy to the inner secrets, <laughs> then then I would have to say that those that those whoever's whoever if there is a Masonic conspiracy doing all of these horrible things, <laughs> those God. dudes are not friggin' Freemasons. They're no, they're not. They're I love what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I agree. And, it's like one of those um and you know non-equal what? signs. They're yeah. not gonna. They're not gonna be uh, well versed in our symbolism hmm. because they're not gonna be. They're not gonna be learning the meanings of our symbols, or they're not gonna be learning the meanings of our symbols the way Freemasonry sees them. They're gonna right, be they'd doing be using it in some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, All manner. And how would they ever have time to study it if they're too busy? making conspiracies and controlling the world and doing all this stuff like like learning how masonic symbols works is a lot of friggin' work like there's a ton of effort you put into it and if you actually put the effort into it and you get an understanding of freemasonry that has anything to do with our symbolism then right there you're not going to be one of those dicks well the thing is like and i like that we're talking about this and i think that this is gonna this is important to get into Mm -hmm. is that Let's take it back to the right-hand path and the left-hand path, because I think that you can see any symbol, and if you're an inherently corrupt individual, you're going to get it, just not the way that we get it, but that's because you're a corrupt individual or seeking the, uh, I'm going to return to this, the Aramonic force of things, mm-hmm. rather near the Aramazdan force of things. And again, this brings us to the white and black brotherhoods, or rather what uh, David Lynch had in the White Lodge versus the Black Lodge. And Mm -hmm. look at the Lynch Lodge. So, I mean, maybe there really is, you know, let's just be all weirdos right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there really is a war out there. And, you know, I mean, there was that famous individual ex-brother of ours, uh, Freighter X. You know who I'm talking about? I have heard of him, but I have not really followed up and read any of his stuff. 
Yeah, I he actually started to explain like he he did not he he did the quote unquote unspeakable uh, at a free your mind and mm-hmm. exposed our our stuff. And I actually when I was listening to that podcast, even though I was pre Masonic, so to speak, mm-hmm. I uh, I shut the thing off. I just didn't want to hear what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I knew that somehow, even though I'm just some rando listening, like it's it was wrong. But so to the point, like how how can I tell this him? He, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a good or bad person on, on any, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, you, he's an oath breaker. That's not, that's bad. That's not good. But <laughs> that's not good. It's detestable. Yep. Excuse me. And all I'm saying is that, why did I bring him up? I was bringing him up for a purpose, but I'm glad I just, you know, we hashed that guy out there. Just yeah. put that out there. God bless him. God bless his life. God bless him. So all I'm saying is that, you know, maybe there is an actual mystery score sc- score, mystery school war. Oh, because he wrote that book, um, the secret war in Freemasonry or something. That's what it was. Oh, that's what. That's why I brought that up. And he's he's trying to pit the York against the Scottish, basically. I think, which is completely ridiculous. But, <laughs> that is hilarious. But, but, well, well, beyond that, but to get to the real war in Freemasonry, if there is one, then maybe it would be between true, genuine, loyal brothers who live for the true craft and then there are those that washington wrote about worried who would pervert the teachings mm-hmm. i'm just pon- i'm pontificating right now i'm yeah, not making yeah. any claims yeah let's talk about that for a second what do you think about that well i think that oh, i think that there's a lot going on in that idea and you know part of it is that uh you know, Freemasonry, like as 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 mystical and weird as we like to talk about it, um, it is very much like most Freemasons tend to be fairly. Um, I don't know what the word is grounded, grounded or mundane or more interested. Mm-hmm. You know, they they aren't really pursuing all of the like highfalutin spiritual stuff, really. You know, I mean, which is. Which you are Reverend Eric, so I mean, Mr. Highfalutin himself with his yeah. clickety boots and fancy straw hat. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, but I mean, but, you know, that's part of the beauty of Freemasonry, right? Is like these, the you know, we all find a place at the table. We all find stuff to do. And yeah. a lot of these guys might just be coming there for the social aspect. Uh, but even networking, though, like a lot of whatever, them, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that networking is really so awesome here in Oregon since Freemasonry tends to be fairly blue collar. Um, but uh, you come to the lodge and you get involved in some sort of charitable project and you help out in the neighborhood or you help out in your little town or something. Like the, the teacher recognition thing that you're talking about like those sorts of things are really common and a lot of guys join just for that a lot of guys join because they want to be shriners and help out with the shrine hospitals and oh that's really good and they feel good doing that sort of support so it ends up being for them you know like an easy way for them or maybe not an easy a straightforward way for them to contribute charitably and to help society and help other people just through um you know, man a group bigger than themselves. Yeah, just through like contributing manpower and dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like when you're doing an event. To your point, when you're doing an event like the Teacher of the Year Award, or we also have the uh, ten outstanding Norwood youth. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Tony, 
boards, but up, up. Um, oh. when, when you're, yeah, I, uh, everyone, it's slap that knee, folks. It's oh, time for the, it's time for the hold for, Time for the Tonys. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. The, so hold on at the Tonys. Okay. So anyways, someone's going to mean that, please. All right. So the point, it, it gets good recognition. So yeah, anyways, yeah. um, working from the back is one thing that we call it. And that would be like, you know, cleaning up the, cleaning up the plates, doing the dishwashers, sweeping the, you know, all of that stuff, the manpower and the hours that, you know, they're not going to fill themselves. And right, even if it's right. something humble like that, man, sometimes in the parables, the most humble station is one of the most noble and not for the sake of nobility, but for the sake of just being someone who helps it move along. Oh, it yeah. wouldn't have happened without that. No, for sure. And lodges don't exist without that. You know, I mean, every lodge needs yeah. like guys who are willing to do dishes and show up and help weed the grounds and you know i mean it's not like it's not like all of that stuff happens on its own no correct and it's not like uh, many lodges have the money to even outsource that kind of thing mm -hmm. so it's there more is definitely huh? a level of like humility in in mm -hmm. like really That's... grounded material work like just going there and being like the feet on the ground and the the hands in the soil and and all that stuff like teaching us it's service yeah for sure it is service that's a really big it's part very, of it. It's a huge part. Now, when I say networking, like, I want to jump into the idea that, like, a lot of guys will join. Like, some guys are, like, you know, they move to town, they're married to someone, mm -hmm. and they want a group that's not their wife's group, you know? Right, right. And it could be as simple as meeting a bunch of other people that you get to know, and now you're meeting guys. Like, every, I've heard this countless times. I think it's a, a pretty much unofficial Masonic maxim. That you're meeting guys you would have never met otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Actually, okay, that is a super important part of networking. I guess a lot of times when I hear networking, to me, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you're in the old boys club now, or, oh, you're going to get business contacts. But instead, what you do is you meet people who completely disagree with you politically and religiously, learn that they are fellow <laughs> human beings, and you learn how to love your fellows, even though Correct. they don't agree with you. Correct. Sometimes, you know, yeah. go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, again, well, it's like this level of humility and acceptance of the human state that's just as important as washing the dishes and, and that sort of stuff. I so agree with you. Yeah. Um, and, it, 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 you know, I mean, before, I, I have a wide swath of interests from, you know, reading Eskimo myths to the prose Eda. But, mm -hmm. like, one of the things we're talking about is the Buddhist concept of, you know, really just getting down there onto the humble level and treating everyone with that circle of compassion, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really, um, uh, it's a virtue that cannot be ignored. And every, you know how they have people who are sensitives and can read your aura or your, 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 um, your frequency, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. What, what your makeup is, who you are. I mean, when you're living from that grounded, centered level, when you understand that, you know, even though there is a so-called hierarchy of lobsters, thank you, Dr. Joseph Jordan Peterson, but <laughs> even though there is a hierarchy, well, there's a hierarchy. There, there's the there's the perceived hierarchy mm -hmm. and and function. However, um, and just like how you know you might you know could have otherwise gotten something for nothing but you chose to give instead mm -hmm. it's the same thing with living from that level ground place because there's that unspoken like we mentioned with the virtue there's that unspoken celestial payment if you will 
the one that cannot mm-hmm. be bought with the coin or the realm of man. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And I think that the people who are so-called the Black Brotherhood, they have they have splintered themselves as a cleavage, and are very much grasping just to make you know these are the this gets dark, but these at, at the worst spectrum, these are the powerless people who are disempowering others at a very potentially power-free stage. And what I mean to say is, people who would hurt children in any form that you can comprehend and we're talking mm-hmm. about people who have lost their soul to the point where lost their connection to the soul at the point where they have just systematically entered into you know the savile stage the, the 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 savage savile stage where you know jimmy savile we're talking about and they they're just they're lost and they're not going to they're not going to try to find themselves they're going to martially economically and spiritually, you know, destroy as much as they can. And their fates are ugly and they're not ours, my friend. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Does that sound at all reasonable? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, that's something that I'm going to have to put some thought into. I know it's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's it's a, it's a, it's a deep, deep, deep topic. Yeah. Just the thought itself. Um, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to end on that point. Of course, I'd like to, you know, just put that out there for people to think about. Just the same with your so-called conspiracies and all mm-hmm. these other things. Just think about what it means as right, far as good right. goes. Well, okay. okay. Then we need to. We need to. We need a, a cheery, more light and airy topic to uh, to end and on. <laughs> um, let's see what what do we have. <laughs> After all of this heavy crap, um, staring. What's that uh, Nietzsche said about staring into the abyss? Because the abyss will stare back into you. Oh, it's yeah. not about. You know, it's cheery. It's not saying that you necessarily have to fix it. You know, really Jim will fix it. Like just, somebody should write a letter to the abyss and tell the abyss that it's impolite to stare. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a meme. That might be. A, that might be a thing. You know, um, someone, one of those, um, one of the, one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels is that um, IRL, me and me in real life. Right? Have you seen that one? Oh and, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh, where was I going with that? He, had, oh, gosh, uh, no, nah, I just he had that that ch- that channel had something really good that was relevant to, to uh, abyss staring, I think, but I can't recall now. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably remember it later and ask you to show note it or something. But no, I'm mean, at least we can give a shout out to that. That's that's some lighthearted stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and also let's let's talk uh, about um, where our listeners can find you on the internet in case they want to follow up and learn more about uh, what's going on inside that um, bizarre head of yours. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's how that's how we're gonna put it. Eh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm not the weird one. <laughs> I I stand corrected. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um well, okay. Let's so see. obviously You've got your go blog. Ahead. I do. Uh-huh. I do. I have a very uh old fashioned website that is in severe need of updating. So if any brothers are, you know, <laughs> interested in well, I mean I'd obviously, you know, provide value for value, uh, you know, but if any brother knows what to do with that, my God, I guess my thing apparently looks like it's from Windows 95, I guess. But um, 
So I have a website, www.occultfan.tothecoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at the Twitter verses as long as that keeps going on. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. When that all collapses fan. upon itself. Yeah, yeah it's a cult fan. Uh, Discord, as you mentioned. Uh-huh. I don't really have any other. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, like you said, the WordPress blog. And I'll, I will add um, SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Uh, SoundCloud is for more new stuff. Mm-hmm. Bandcamp has some old official albums, including Album Zero, which has one of my favorite songs on it. I would encourage you to look for. Uh, it's definitely at the extremities of outsider art. Um, it's called And Now for the Doctor, uh, which is oh. a quote from Hunter S. Thompson with Johnny Depp there. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, great. I'll put links to all that stuff on here. I'm really glad that we managed to do this whole series of... Uh, of interviews and conversations having to do with uh, with each of your three degrees. I think that there was a lot going on in there, a lot to explore. And uh, I hope that that other Masons um, listen to this, maybe as they're going through the degrees and get uh, get some good insight out of it, get some good things, some good food for thought and contemplation. Yeah, I'd, I'd end on a uh, less bizarre note. <clears throat> but... Uh... <laughs> I I would uh, I I I would say you got you got you got you got to be able to self-deprecate or else you're not doing that whole living from the Buddha right. compassion thing. <laughs> um which is dude I got a Leo moon like we'll end on we'll, we'll end on a few cool notes. I got okay. a Leo moon for example. Um and interestingly enough if if you don't mind my sharing this cuz what do they call it uh a reprise like Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, well, I would say that my moon is twenty eight degrees Leo, mm-hmm. and that where the eclipse took place this year, mm-hmm. right the past year, uh, at twenty eight degrees Leo, and then Venus, all right, is doing this funky thing. So the moon and Venus, the two feminine planets, mm-hmm. two mainly feminine, because Mercury is Andro, um, the Andro Queen. Um, my Venus is doing the retrograde thing. So you know that Venus is going retrograde in um, the October area, right? It's uh-huh. going to be going through Libra and Scorpio. And it's going to retrograde right back to 28 degrees Li- uh, Libra, which is where my Venus is. Ooh. So I've been having some really, like, as above, so below, cosmogenical kind of um, resonances. And it's... It, I guess the, the I've really enjoyed doing the series with you as well, and I think that it will show the um, advancement of a lesser mature to slightly more mature personality as we go. But I would also say that um, as far as things go, I mean, I'm 33. I entered masonry at 33. I took all my degrees at 33. Um, this is episode 33. This is episode 33. Yep. Um, uh, there's a uh, higher side chats. I had uh, an individual who I've you know enjoyed the company of. Uh, we had some coffee together named Michael Joseph. He's been on a culture, and uh, he mentioned on Greg's show right after I read this uh, to my grandfather, who is the most direct Mason to me on his birthday, which was three three. Mm-hmm. I read him chapter thirty of Morals and Dogma uh, at his grave, and then mm-hmm. right like the next week or something, like Michael Joseph's on higher side chats bringing up chapter 30 of morals and dogma mm-hmm. so there is real magic folks it's not necessarily um it, it could be as, it, well, what i'm saying is it could be as mundane as the way that the universe actually works and that's just how these kind of um you know synchronicities come through to us mm-hmm. you know it could be that you know realms are merging and dimensions are merging or it could be 
um, the voice of God, so to speak. And, you know, I want to end on that note and say that the mystical is real, but what are you going to use it for to better your world? I think that's what Freemasonry has been teaching me in a big way. And I, I'd say. I love that. I think that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you again for coming on. My Alchemical Bromance is sponsored by Miskatonic Books. Miskatonic Books is an online bookstore that focuses on rare, limited edition, and custom-made books of the highest quality. They specialize in books on the occult, ceremonial magic, Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, and other topics of interest to you, our listeners. Check them out on the web at miskatonicbooks.com. Thank you for listening to My Alchemical Bromance. You can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. You can find us on every podcast thing you can imagine. Look us up. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Give us one star. Tell people what you think. Share this episode. Enjoy everything. And come back next time. I'm not going to